Hey, hi, uh, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick, and you're listening to Superman Movie Minute. Is that right? Did I do it right? another thrill-packed episode of Superman 3 Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can fly this 1983 Superman 3, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Franklin, and joining me on this journey through time and space is... General Robert Kelly. (laughs) Is it Iron Guts Kelly? (laughs) It's Iron Guts Kelly, yes. (laughs) You ever talk about plastics? No. uh, Oh, God. (laughs) All right. I am happy to report that the star of our film and our franchise, uh, the great Christopher Reeve, is actually in these five minutes Yay! Uh, for more than just a few fleeting seconds. So at least there's that. We've got that going, and we know that. I'll, I'll let you guys know that up front. So we know that. So Awesome. Yes, awesome. So our minutes begin with Gus Gorman, Richard Pryor, of course, finishing up his uh, new Coke version of uh, Kryptonite. Uh, and ends with Gus doing his best George C. Scott impersonation in front of Superman in the town of Smallville. Uh, so as we, uh, we're in uh, minute 60, so we're at the hour mark now. Uh, as we begin, Gus has just added tar to the list of ingredients of his synthetic kryptonite, and he figures uh, he smokes it, so why not? So I guess, you know, uh, I guess he could have put marijuana in the uh, <laughs> in the kryptonite. <laughs> It would make for a very mellow Superman three, I think. Maybe yeah, would be, be a very different film. <laughs> Super munchies. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they they could have had Cheech and Chong in this movie instead of Richard Pryor. Oh well, don't. All right, <laughs> don't give him any ideas. Yeah, let's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Up in Super Smoke. Uh, we then cut to the offices of the Daily Planet building, and a frantic Miss Henderson is leading a very angry Mister and Mrs. Stokus into the offices of Perry White. Uh, as Mr. Stokus begins to berate Perry for their horrible vacation, we move on to the desk of Clark Kent, who is busy typing. And did you notice, Rob, that Clark's office door says Clark Kent, Gary Roush, and Bernie Ketterer. So after, I did. Why doesn't he get his own office? After five years, poor Clark Kent doesn't have his own office. I mean, Lois, Lois does in Superman 2, right? Yeah, so. what happened there? I mean, yeah, I don't... I mean, by the way... I had no memory that the Stokuses were in it this much. Oh, really? I, yeah, they, yeah, they keep popping up. I'm like, wow, how much are they in this movie? Like, <laughs> they've really got... I mean, I know it's a running gag, but it's like, I just... I had no... I remembered it from the beginning. I had forgotten that they keep coming back throughout this movie. I think they may be in it more than Christopher Reeve at some point. Man, I don't it know. certainly seems like it. <laughs> uh, Clark is writing his class reunion story and reading it back to himself out loud just when he gets to the part about the prettiest girl in school Mm. who should call, but that pretty girl, Lana Lang. Uh, I think that's kismet, Rob. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Now, did you notice something here? Uh, Now I can, maybe I'm, I'm reading into it, but that's part of the, the, the the point of this show. So when, when Clark is typing, right, we've already established from the first film that he is the fastest typist Perry White (laughs) has ever seen. So we, so we see Christopher Reeve and he's, we don't see him typing, but there's some, there's some sound effects. 
of the pa da 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 you know, right? So yeah. then Lana calls. He picks up the phone. He continues to type with one hand, but the sound effect does not slow down. Like he's yeah. typing just as fast. And I'm like, okay, is that that's either a mistake? They didn't bother to you know think about that. Oh, he's typing slower than, or he's kind of doing a Superman thing where he's just typing extra fast with one hand because he can't. Right. I, that's kind of what I got out of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I'm not crazy then. All right. Good. No, I think he was just, he was finishing that thought typing with one hand and the fact that he could type that fast with one hand. Yeah. But it could have been a mistake, but we'll read it as it's intentional. So <laughs> let's be charitable. Right. It's, it was, it was a little Superman gag. Can I point out, I know me and Henry Bernstein pointed out Clark's glasses being crooked last time. I don't think, Clark's glasses are big enough for his head. I think that's part of the problem. They're not, I noticed the earpieces aren't going actually over his ears here. So it's like, no, they're not. Yeah. It's, it really is bothering me at this point. It's like somebody get, oh my God, Christopher Reeve, get this. He's a movie star. Get this man a pair of glasses that fit him. This is a big budget movie. What are you guys doing? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So Lana's on the phone. She has a problem after Clark, Made good on his word and got Ricky Superman's autograph. If he had a nickel for every time some kid asked him for one. Mm. Uh, Ricky told his friends the Man of Steel was coming to his birthday party. Uh, Clark assures Lana that he'll make sure Superman will be there. And Lana ends the call by telling a very dumbstruck Clark that while Superman is wonderful, you're the best. I, I just oh. love the Clark's floored by this. It's like she likes me. Not not him, but me. You know mm-hmm. that? <laughs> well, Polar it's focused. Of yeah, yeah, right. I mean, because it's because I mean, of course, she doesn't really have a relationship with Superman. She's met him, but just fleetingly. Uh, right. Her relationship is with Clark. By the way, Atlanta's in yellow again. As yes, I, I can't not see it now. Ever since you've been pointing it out, um, but man, Ricky, he's a little doofus. Not only <laughs> does he run into the cornfield and manage to bang his head on like the one rock in in a in five square miles, he then lies about being buddies with Superman and kind of gets you know, ropes his mom into it. Like he's, he's a little dink, this kid. You know, this is the, you know, now that I think about it, this oddly enough, and I wonder if this just now hit me, did they steal the plot of the I love Lucy episode for this? Oh, because because Superman shows up at little Ricky's little Ricky's birthday. (laughs) You know, Oh oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that famous episode, you know, of course, Lucy doesn't think that Ricky's going to be able to, um, or, you know, big Ricky, Ricky Ricardo is going to be able to get uh, Superman to show up. So she famously shows up in a Superman jersey and a football helmet and a cape. Uh, and then she gets out on, she gets on the roof and gets stuck and it starts raining. And, you know, that's, and, you know, George Reeves says, and they call me Superman. You've yeah, been married right. to her for 15 years. I've been married to her for 15 years, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I just, it just now hit me. Superman's has to, you know, somebody's made a promise. Little Ricky's made a, uh, little Ricky needs Superman to show up at his birthday party. So Superman is going to show up. That's, you know, steal from the best. Why steal not? from the best. Steal from I love Lucy. Why not? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> so from George Reeves to Christopher Reeves. So, uh, yeah, I, it's, uh, I, I, yeah, that just hit me. And now I can't, I can't, uh, I, I my brain is just, uh, is locked up now. Uh, I, yeah, the, 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 I just love though that Clark has reacted the way he has because it's just uh, it's so sweet to see him like you know wow I'm you know he's dialed down the dorkiness of his Clark obviously around Lana as we pointed out but uh, it's very sweet uh, 
in in Perry's office, which you can see Clark through the the window, which I think mm-hmm. is fun. Uh, the Stokes is threatened to take their case against the planet to the Supreme Court, and Perry tells them it wasn't their fault; it was an act of God. To which Miss Stokes replies, "In a church." Uh, I, I don't know about you, Rob, but I think their case is pretty flimsy because no matter how you look at it, I mean, the Daily Planet can't control the weather. Only the Vulcan satellite can do that. So, I, you know. <laughs> I really think the editor of a major metropolitan newspaper has better things to do than to deal with these two. Yeah, I mean, why did they even get into the building? You know, yeah. I, I, I mean, who's doing security downstairs? You know, yeah. I mean, come on. It's, yeah, it's. Can yeah, Jimmy handle this? Or why does Perry have to bother? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I mean, Perry's even like, good morning to him when they come in. Don't you good morning me. So Perry's mm-hmm. like, like actually not being grumpy for once and <laughs> they still yell at him. So, uh, then we cut back to Websco and Gus is playing with one of those perpetual motion machines and nodding off. And this isn't the first time we saw a somewhat dim-witted villain character in a Superman film playing with one of these type of things, is it, Rob? Nah, that's true. I think <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Non had the little knocky ball thing, and here yeah. he is. And by the way, I mean, that that little moment of Richard Pryor playing with that thing is one of the few gifts you can find <laughs> from Superman 3. Yep. There's not that many <laughs> Superman 3 gifts, but that's one of them, of Richard Pryor looking half asleep playing with that thing. Yeah, and oddly enough, there's some models of some ships behind him, like a, like it looks like big oil tankers or something behind him. So I don't know yeah. if that ties into what we'll see later, but it, it might. It might telegraph something later. So uh, Gus is about to nod off when one of the uh, lab assistants brings him out the compound he ordered, which looks to be a big hunk of green kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, But now I do have a question. Why is it laying on pieces of a dot matrix uh, printer paper. Is that, is that, are those the actual orders that Gus gave them and they've literally just laid it all together and handed it back to him that way? You think that's what's going on? I had not given any thought to that whatsoever, other than everything was on that dot matrix paper back in the day. You know, like that's something that people below a, a certain age have no idea what that even is. And the rest of us can remember it though, that, and this, that sound coming out. But, uh, yeah, I like the, uh, kryptonite prop. Uh, I wonder if it's the same prop from, the first film where they made a different one. It doesn't look like, did you ever order the kryptonite rock from the, the comic book when they had those, those ads that you could order the kryptonite rock? You know, no, I never did. And the one reason I didn't is because I had the kryptonite rock that came with the energized Superman. So I felt oh, like, okay. Oh, I got a kryptonite rock. You got it. All right. <laughs> I did. I actually did order it and okay. it looks, it looks more like, um, uh, it kind of looks like the thing in his early days where he was lumpy. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like what you see here where it's all jagged with these kind of like shards. It looks more kind of, yeah. yeah, it doesn't look so much like, and I kind of remember being, I don't know, maybe, I mean, I don't really remember, but I think I was a little disappointed that the kryptonite rock that I got in the mail just kind of looked like, like a chicken croquette, the painted green, as opposed to <laughs> something that I would have seen in the movie. Right, right, yeah. I, I've oddly enough over the years with all the different Superman action figures and stuff, I tend to just put the kryptonite. I've got a uh, an old jar of Superman peanut butter that I just <laughs> throw the kryptonite in. So I've got a jar. I've, I don't have a pocket full of kryptonite like the Spin Doctors, but I got a jar full of kryptonite. So <laughs> we should uh, mention the scientist who brings this in to Richard Pryor is uh, an actress named Pat Starr. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in. Uh, she's still working. Uh, she was in movies like Mission Impossible, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Judge Dredd, 
Uh, we won't hold that against her. And yeah. uh, and and Reg with Warren Beatty. So uh, she's had she only has tiny parts, but she's you know she's been in some big movies. Yeah, and I saw one of her credits was The Last Days of Patton, which will... Uh... <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's going to come into play, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it was a TV movie sequel to George C. Scott's yep. uh, Oscar-winning role as, as Patton. So yep. there you go. <laughs> uh, while in that scene, we hear sound of a marching band playing, and we segue to Smallville, where Little Ricky's birthday party has somehow ballooned into a huge town event to welcome Superman, much to the Man of Steel's mild embarrassment. Uh, and, and Lana's in blue, by the way, as she's... Yeah, I noticed that, yes. Not yellow. So maybe it's super... The big blue's here, so she's going to wear blue. So as Superman, Lana, and Ricky sit on the stage, we see a cake with the word welcome and the S-shield. And I don't know about you, Rob, but this is quite a letdown from the cake the town of Smallville baked for Superman in the comic books, isn't it? <laughs> That's like, yeah. That, that cake that was like five miles wide. Yeah, that's a tiny – they just got that at like Smallville Bakery. Uh, yeah. it, that's going to feed like four people. That's a very tiny cake considering Superman has showed up to your event. Yeah, it's like, uh, Gladys, we need a cake. What kind of cake you want? You want just a sheet cake? It's like, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's – how big's a sheet cake? It's big enough, honey, let me tell you. It's <laughs> like, well, well, what do you want? Just, just – uh, uh, just welcome, welcome in a Superman S. You want me to draw that Superman S on this cake? Yeah, I can, I can just see that right now. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> can I can I say this scene though? When we when we see Lana and Ricky and Superman, this scene is one of the reasons why to me this movie is is as flawed as it is. Superman should never be sitting in a chair. It makes him look like a regular guy. Yeah. You know, that is, he should always be standing or flying or maybe in the case of Superman too, betting Lois down. But it's just, (laughs) and I mean, I know that he sits at, he sits at the table uh, in the Fortress of Solitude, but that's in the Fortress of Solitude. But seeing Superman just sitting in a chair like a regular schmo, just, it just doesn't underscore the awesomeness of Christopher Reeve as Superman. It just makes him look to me small and ordinary when you should never make Superman look like that in these kinds of movies. I'm, I'm thinking of the, the action comics, 500, the, the life story of Superman. It was supposed to be a treasury, right? Yeah. And, yep. and they're having that big Superman opening of the Superman museum and, and everybody's outside and they're waiting for him to cut the ribbon and he just flies in. They should have had Superman like literally fly in at the last yeah. minute. Yeah, yeah. Him just just seeing him sitting there with his arms in his lap, it just he just looks like a regular dude, and that's not Christopher Reeve filled out the costume so well that yeah. just you should yeah they absolutely they should have had him fly in and cut the ribbon in a really Superman gesture, not sitting around waiting. Partly because it's like he's got something else to do. He's Superman. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. The mayor thanks Superman for stopping the recent chemical fire and saving Ricky, and he awards him the key to the city. Uh, and uh, but uh, as we'll see, the Superman doesn't really get to uh, to say much, uh, uh, give much of a speech though, because no. <laughs> he's about to be interrupted. But I'm guessing you know you have some information on the mayor, Rob. Uh, yeah, that's an actor named Gordon Signer. Uh, he passed away in 2001. He only had a couple of credits. He was in the movie Prime Cut with uh, Lee Marvin. That's a really great movie. And the biking, the BMX biking movie Rad. Yeah, he was in that movie. So yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it's always a, 
If you, guess, anybody who's in that movie, you got to list it. You got to. I mention. guess Gene Hackman was in Prom Cut too. Yes, he, he was. Okay, yes, he was. so there's another Superman connection. So, yep, yep. I did notice when Superman waved to the crowd, he does have a little bit of a pit stain. Uh, yeah, know, so, yeah. So you know they they usually did a pretty good job, but I mean obviously Christopher Reeve was sitting out in the sun outside on this uh, you know location, and I'm sure he got warm in that costume yep. and. Uh, in the in the Alberta sun, and uh, so <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That famous Alberta sun. That Alberta sun, yeah. Uh, before the man is, like I said, before he can even give his speech, an army jeep drives up through the crowd to the stage. <sighs> Behind the wheel is Vera in a military disguise, and Gus, who leaps from the jeep, is dressed as a three-star general, and he immediately goes to the stage. He takes over the event and starts rambling on about chemicals, and the virtues of plastics to the bewildered crowd who really don't know what to make of him. And frankly, I don't either. What do you think, Rob? <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with the Smallville crowd. The problem, again, we've been talking about, it, and we, it's unfortunate that the movie is paced the way it is, is because we're trying to like stay positive here through Superman 3 Movie Minute. But to me, all the worst scenes of this movie are right butted up against one another. Yeah. All the, all the silliness... All the stuff where you feel like Richard Lester isn't even really directing. He just turned the camera on and he's like, all right, Richard, be funny. Yeah. And it, it just having these sequences back to back to back merely makes you be like, oh, can, uh, oh, can, can we move on? <laughs> and also, again, making Superman is just standing there. While Richard yeah. Pryor is doing this routine, which is not terribly funny. I was like, terribly funny. I'm being kind. It's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> and it just makes Superman look like a, like a jerk. That he's just standing there. Like, it makes him look like a clown. And Superman should never look like a clown. Ever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's just, it's unfortunate that just all of it. Again, we're going to get to the stuff that we really like in this movie soon. Yeah. But man, this whole, this whole like... 45 minutes through 105 minutes is kind of rough sledding here. <laughs> yeah. And I, and again, this is just like, I remember in the theater going, this is really silly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, and that's not me, you know, comparing that to movies of now that's little Chris Franklin who never knew there would be, you know, Marvel movies galore uh, <laughs> uh, saying this is, this is a little too silly for a Superman movie. Yep. Um, so yep. yeah. So uh, Gus has on ivory handled uh, pistols like Patton. Uh, yep. He looks like Patton. This whole scene's very much like that famous scene of George C. Scott in front of the flag in, in Patton, which was also spoofed in the trailer for smoking the bandit three around the same time uh, <laughs> with, with, uh, with uh, Jackie Gleason. Uh, so and even though that movie was like from the late seventies, it's like, it's still people doing Patton, you know? So uh, that movie's from the early, from 1970, actually. Oh, it's from the early 70s. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah that I my, 30, my dad watched that a million times. That movie it, was 13 years old at this point. Okay, that's even worse. So, uh, yeah, so it's not a very contemporary. It's like somebody doing a, a Matrix bullets uh, bullet time thing now. You know, it's mm -hmm. like even, not maybe not quite as bad, but yeah. Yeah, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of a weird turn for Gus, too. I mean, we saw him, we saw him, you know, with Brad playing the, you know, as you put it, the white guy, you know, the white guy salesman, you know, we're in big trouble, aren't we? You know, that, yep. that, that yeah, guy. he's doing that white guy voice. That but now, now he's, now he's doing the general voice and he's screaming and yelling and it, it, and it, it's like maybe Gus's success with 
what he's doing so far is emboldening him to to do this. But it's like we've come a long way from the guy that you know was in the the uh, unemployment line at the beginning of the movie. And I know in the trailer they they advertise his character as like he's the best con man, you know. And it's like it's like is he really? Is no, he's who? not. He's not, not at all. No. <laughs> so why is he all of a sudden so convincing? You know that he can. You know, at some why didn't I, I? I've always wondered why didn't somebody ask him? You know, he's like, I just came from the Pentagon, so I mean, I guess maybe they think it's like some kind of national emergency he's getting ready to tell him about, or I, I don't know what, why they let him go on, but they do. And uh, you know, he asked him if they like to sit in church, and they only mildly answer. But when he asked him about sitting to watch the Super Bowl, they're very enthusiastic, which I think is a little funny. Uh, he breaks his wooden rider's crop, you know and maybe he's signaling that plastic is better. And I will say I have been to a lot of church services. I've never been to one that had like plastic seats. They're all either wooden pews or metal folding chairs. So I I don't know where he gets that, but uh, you know, he continues to extol the virtues of plastic talking about the U S leading in plastics and not wanting to have a plastic gap. And he asked the crowd if they would want the president's pen to bust while he was signing a peace treaty and Vera rolls her eyes at that one. And like you said, the whole time Superman, poor Superman, you don't, is this the character of Superman or Christopher Reeve feeling uncomfortable? I don't know. I, th- <laughs> I think there's a little bit of both going on here. <laughs> so our minutes in with Gus beginning to mention the recent chemical fire. So his speech is about to finally make some amount of sense, but we end before we get there. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I hate to be negative about this too, Rob, but I've always felt that this scene was Again, this was another let Richard Pryor be funny. Let's send yeah. him off a building on a set of skis. Let's have him act like it. Let's do a patent pastiche. And, and you know, it's like, why, why is that? Why do we think that's so funny? You know, why, why, yeah. why do we need those moments in this Superman film? <laughs> yeah, this, the movie just stops dead cold to let Richard, Don, Richard, Richard Donner, excuse me, Richard Pryor just vamp for a couple of minutes. And that's, you know, it's just not, it's not fair to Richard Pryor. It's no, not it's fair not. to Superman. It's not, for, like you said, it's not fair to Richard Pryor to expect him. And I mean, you know, Ilya Saul kind of said that, you know, we kind of expected him to ad lib more. Well, like you said, that's what they hire writers for. Yeah. Why does uh, Richard Pryor have to fill in, fill in all the space there for the screenwriters? Right. Yeah. It's like, this is not, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. It, it's so <laughs> nobody comes out looking great in this scene. Not Richard Pryor, not Superman, not, you know, so. <laughs> We're getting close to evil Superman, though. We're getting there. We're getting there. Thank God. This is the means to get to evil Superman. Yeah, we got the kryptonite. All right. Plans are afoot. Thank Rao. We're getting there. Uh, So... (laughs) And again, guys, we don't like to be... We don't like to be negative here, so... Uh, you know, sorry if we're being a little negative, but we're, we're trying to find, it was nice to see Superman. It was nice to see Annette O'Toole. Nice to see Clark Kent. Nice to see Jackie Cooper. Uh, but, uh... Yeah, Ricky's a little dork, uh, but uh, uh, nothing against the actor, but the character, the character yeah. of Ricky's a little dork. Yeah. Uh, and uh, um, yeah, so although the I Love Lucy thing now just is is blowing my mind, but uh, but uh, <laughs> well, let's move on. Uh, so so uh, we can get so we can get to the Superman, evil Superman minutes. Yeah, uh, be sure to check out the other fun shows on our network at fireandwaterpodcast.com including several Rob and myself hosts, and we're really more positive there usually. Uh, we'd love to read your comments on Superman 3 over at firewaterpodcast.com. And you can I promise us- I do not rag on Citizen Kane over at Citizen Kane. No, Network. it's like, oh, God, that Joseph Cotton, my God. What the, oh, you know. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> You can leave us a review in Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined. 
special thanks to Alex Robinson and Pete the Retailer of Star Wars Minute for starting the whole Movies by Minute phenomenon. Check out all the shows they have helped inspire over at MoviesByMinute.com. And extra special thanks to all the patrons of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. If you would like to support the network financially, go to Patreon.com slash FWPodcast. There you can find many ways you can help support the network, keep it going, including levels where you get a special shout out on the show of your choice, like Superman's pal, Henry Bernstein, who supports Superman Movie Minute. So thank you, Henry, as always. Thank you, Henry. Thanks for uh, hitting that signal watch. And uh, we'll see you guys later on the next episode of Superman 3 Movie Minute as the adventure continues. Bye. Giorgio, per favore. E grazie.